Hello everyone, I'm Andrew, and you are tuned in to the Culips English Podcast, the show where you learn how to speak natural, everyday English, and where we teach you all about North American culture. Today's Chatterbox episode features a very special guest, Suzanne's mom, Emily. So you'll get to hear Suzanne chat with her mom about a range of different topics, including her life as a nurse, her thoughts about visiting Suzanne in Montreal, her future travel plans, and even her two rescue chihuahuas. You'll get to hear that conversation in just a sec, but before we get to it, I want to make sure you know about the study guide for this episode. It is awesome and includes tons of materials that will help you take your English to the next level. So in the study guide, you'll find the transcript, vocabulary explanations, real-world examples so that you can see how native speakers use the vocabulary that you'll hear today, and also a quiz and their speaking and writing prompts too. So it's the perfect companion to this episode, and we don't want you to miss out on it. Just visit qlips.com so you can become a Qlips member and start studying with our study guides. Okay, well, let's get on to it. Here is Sue's chat with her mom, Emily. Okay, mom, introduce yourself. What's your name? Hello, everyone. My name is Emily Soretta. And I'm here in Montreal visiting Suzanne. Yes. And where did you come from to visit me in Montreal? I came from Houston, Texas, uh, which is uh, on the Gulf of Mexico. So very hot there. So I'm very happy to be here in this lovely weather. Yes, because even though it's kind of warm here right now, it still is cooler than Texas, right? Most of Texas is very hot right now. So, yes, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And I think we have less humidity here in Montreal than you have in Texas, right? Absolutely. Uh, we do get some good breezes, but for the most part, the humidity is a lot higher than it is here. And I wanted to ask you if you could share with everyone what you do in Texas. Like, what's your job? What's your career there in Texas? Sure. Be happy to. In Texas, uh, particularly a city that's a little west of Houston, about 30 minutes, Katy, Texas. I am a nurse practitioner in a group practice with about six other physicians. A medical clinic, right? Yes, exactly. That's a medical clinic where you would go to get checked for colds, flu, uh, dog bites, any of the usual primary care um, issues. Also, we see patients with diabetes and high blood pressure 
and other chronic illnesses. When you say primary care, what does that mean exactly? Primary care issues? Is that like, as opposed to, you know, emergency issues? Like say if I broke my arm, I really probably wouldn't go to my primary care or family doctor. I would go to the hospital because I need urgent care, right? That's exactly right. So the hospital, just like here in Montreal, would have uh, immediate access to x-rays and the level of care that you need for something that's maybe not a life and death emergency, but is a very urgent situation that you want to get diagnosed rapidly and take care of it quickly. Yeah. And how long have you been a nurse? I have been a nurse practitioner for 20 years this past May. And prior to that, I was a registered nurse for, let's just say, about 20 to 25 years before that. You've worked in so many different kinds of environments and contexts, right? Like you you did um, emergency room stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about the different things that you did, the different kinds of nurse contexts that you that you worked in so all of you are probably familiar with seeing a nurse in a clinic emergency room just about any uh, type of environment or service of care so uh, I did critical care nursing for about 12 years and that is taking care of people or patients who require attention constantly for a critical issue, or that means a medical condition that's changing very rapidly. So in the States, we call them ICU for short, ICU, intensive care unit. Okay. And what was maybe the the most interesting experience you've ever had in that kind of place, like in the ICU? Goodness, I, of course, have so many stories, but I can think of one right now. And this was someone who, unfortunately, in his job was badly burned. So another type of intensive care unit takes care of uh, people with very serious burns. And that means a large part of their body or percentage of their body was affected by the burns. And it could take months of getting healthy skin and putting it somewhere else. That's called skin grafting. It could take weeks and months of this. So skin grafting is when you take a piece of skin from another part of your body that's healthy, right? Correct. And you move it to the part that got really burned. And if you get too much burn, like if you have burns over too much of your body, it makes it really difficult to, yes. to do that. So prognosis or outcome for somebody who's got more than 30% of their body burn is very low. And this particular person had about 60%. So the entire intensive care unit just celebrated um, his recovery. It was very long and very difficult. So it was not as easy as I'm making it sound, but because he beat the odds, that was fantastic. That's great. And did you guys had like a party? We did. He came back to the ICU. His family 
bought pizzas and desserts and actually did have a party. party. That's amazing. That's, that makes it. Cause he came back to see all his old friends. We were kind of like family. And I mean, when you're working on getting healthy, your doctors and nurses kind of become like your team and you really are on a project together, right? You have a big project to get better and do it together. So I'm sure, you know, maybe like you're winning the World Cup, you're going to have a party to celebrate. So it's kind of like we did it. Exactly. So the team was very proud of what they did, but they were really proud of him. And uh, he came back with his family, his children. And, um, you know, it changed his life. Um, So that was an experience I'll never forget. That's really nice. That's a really sweet Um, story. And go ahead. I did other kinds of nursing as well. So that's particularly intensive care unit, very serious critical patients. I also worked in the emergency department, or in the olden days, we called it emergency room. It's really a department because there's so many different areas now that are specialized of the emergency room. When you need help uh, in a hurry or the more serious stuff like chest pain, if you think you're having a heart attack, that's where you should go, whether you really have one or not. So um, that's quite interesting, and that's uh, I did that for a couple of years. Didn't you work in the Houston Medical Center where you worked on multiple sclerosis? Yes, and that was research. Uh, so for 10 years, I worked in the Department of Neurology. And that has and to do with the brain, right? The, the brain. brain and spinal cord, and particularly diseases that attack or um, are involved with the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. So your head is the central nervous system and your spine is the peripheral. It goes out to the rest of your body. So uh, what Suzanne mentioned was multiple sclerosis, which is a neurological chronic illness that does attack the uh, brain and spinal cord and unfortunately does show up in younger people, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and predominantly two to one in women than men. So So, that was very interesting. So you told us like a kind of a heartwarming story. So what's a funny, goofy, silly, awkward, something like that kind of story about your experience as a nurse? I'm sure there's more than one. I'm sure you have many stories, but... There was a uh, very anxious and worried older lady, maybe in her 70s. And she was convinced that she needed to be checked for a disease of her prostate. Women don't have prostates. Only men do. Correct. So the prostate is a gland that is only part of the male anatomy, not female anatomy. But she was very, very worried because she knew some people who had prostate disease and unfortunately got very serious, uh, seriously ill from it and she wanted to be checked. So she honestly kept insisting and insisting because she really didn't believe me that she didn't have a prostate gland. 
So I called an older, more experienced physician into the room. And so he flatly told her, no, Mrs. So-and-so, So-and-so, <laughs> you do not have a prostate gland and you never have to be checked for prostate disease. I don't really know if she believed him too, but he was very gentle and caring with her. So we had a good laugh after she left. Certainly not in front of her. That's good. And um, so just to kind of move the topic onto something more personal, not necessarily work-related, um, how do you like Montreal? Do you like coming to Montreal? <laughs> of course I love coming to Montreal because I get to see my daughter, do Suzanne. You, but also you've come in the wintertime, you've come in yes. the, um, the summertime. What, what's your favorite? There are favorite times in both those seasons, but generally speaking, probably summer or not so cold winter because winter is really fun and beautiful too, but not when you have to wear three layers of glove liners and double layers of socks. I'm sure all the listeners know we talk about it a lot. We have to wear lots of different layers here in Canada. But what's one of your favorite places to visit or things to do in in the trips that you've that you've had here in Canada? Uh, certainly, the countryside that's been really beautiful and fun to look at. We recently went to a beautiful lake and yeah. did some outdoor stuff. Um, the The city and the seaport downtown Montreal is very beautiful too. So my not this time, but a previous trip, I enjoyed seeing the historical buildings, the basilica, uh, just from the outside, and visiting landmarks. You mentioned something about the murals. You really liked all of the beautiful murals that, that you've seen in Montreal, because Montreal is really known for, um, they have tours even, I think, that you know you can go around and see with an app. All of the murals of Montreal. Cool. That yeah. sounds like fun. I yeah. didn't know that, but uh, so this <laughs> next, next time, <laughs> this season, I'm enjoying getting to do a lot more walking uh, because it's not so cold. So that's great. And I have noticed the beautiful murals. They're they're so eloquent in their own way, colorful, captivating. Uh, I'm just amazed by them because I guess most of the time. I'm familiar with the murals that I see in the big city, which are mostly graffiti type of murals. Right. These are more artistically artistically done, I would say. Oh, yeah. So tonight we're going to be going downtown to the jazz festival, right? You've never seen the Montreal International Jazz Festival. I have not. I've heard of, heard of it yeah. and um, you know, read about it, mostly from Sue mentioning it. And uh, so I'm excited to kind of see what it's really like. But you all, you always have some festivals going on. It's really exciting. It makes every season so different and so interesting. I find that the festivals really capture the energy of the seasons and also the, the vibe of the city, right? We have like Igloo Fest in the winter and we have, um, and that gets everybody outside in their snowsuits dancing by the old port and this is fun because we get to experience music from all over the world for free outside mm -hmm. which is great 
Yeah. And I guess I wanted to ask you just one more question. If there's anything fun that you're looking forward to this like travel wise. Other than Montreal. Yeah. Other yeah. trips I have coming up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do have a trip coming up to Aruba in September, first week of September, uh, starting the end of the month of August. I'm looking forward to that. So Aruba is one of the three um, islands, South Caribbean uh, Sea, and um, off about 50 or 75 miles off the coast of Venezuela. So it's a great place for, because September is hurricane season, at least for North America. Right. And... Uh, they have not had a hurricane in about a hundred years because of the, the drifts of the currents down there. Um, they're just very protected. And I've gone to Aruba twice before in spring and summer. Um, so it's, uh, about the same temperature all year round in the 80s. It is a little more humid. Okay, than but that's Montreal. 80s in Fahrenheit. In Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, so that would be. Yeah, like so 20, maybe like 27, 28, 28 maybe. Celsius. It's very breezy because it's a small island and you get breezes from all sides. And one of the most beautiful beaches in the world is there called Eagle Beach. And Eagle Beach is in the top 10 beaches in the world. Beautiful views, uh, cleanliness, the, the type of sand and yeah, uh, the calmness of the water and the things that you can do there. But so Eagle Beach and there's so many beaches there. Lots to do. You can take Jeep trips to the rockier parts of the island. So there's kind of rocky and mountains. Um, in the northern part, and there's even a lighthouse all the way up at the northwestern corner. So and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and I know that you're also looking forward to seeing your pets when you get home from, from Montreal and you see your, your little animals um, in Houston. So what are, their, what are they and what are their names? And tell us about your awesome little pets. So they are chihuahuas, so they're little dogs. They're both rescue animals, and we love them very much and sometimes spoil them a little too much. Their names are Mikey and Johnny, and Mikey's the older one, 11 years old, and Johnny is about five years old because I, that's our best guess since they were both found and rescued. But they are so much fun. And they want to sleep with us. They want to sit on your lap. So they're little lap dogs. And yeah, they make life fun. Yeah. And kind of uh, busy and interesting. That's exciting. And I know them very well, too. They're really sweet dogs. They're really funny. And uh, I think they think that they're bigger than they are. They think that they're bigger dogs. <laughs> And I wanted to just finish with one more question. Is there anything that advice that you would give to our listeners that if they're traveling in Canada or the U.S. and say they get sick or something, is there anything that 
you recommend like that they carry with them or maybe um, if they need to go to a doctor, like what they should do or, you know, maybe some some advice, like if you get sick while you're traveling in an English speaking country. So one of the things I would recommend is that, first of all, before you leave on your destination, if you have conditions that you know could be bothering you, take those medications with you. Like if you know my allergies might start up, if I change environments, uh, take that medication with you so that you don't have to go look for it in another country. It might be different. It could be labeled different. So that's the first thing if there's medications that you're on for a medical condition. So make sure you take your medications with you and carry them with you. Don't put them in your luggage. But if you do have to seek help in uh, while you're traveling, always have someone with you. It's great if you can find somebody uh, or you have a friend that speaks the language, just in case. Always ask for an interpreter for your language if they can provide it. That's always best. But having someone with you to listen and be another pair of ears to hear the directions that you need uh, is always a good thing. Try it if you can, not to be alone. That's good advice. Well, thank you so much, Mom, for talking with us today about nursing and Aruba and all of the things in between. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Wow, wasn't that great, guys? I really enjoyed that chat. Sue's mom is such an interesting person. A quick reminder to make sure to follow Culips on social media so you can stay up to date with all the things we do. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for the Culips English Podcast and you'll be able to find us. We'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. It will help new listeners find out about Qloops. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is contact at qloops.com. And of course, our website is simply qloops.com, C-U-L-I-P-S.com. We will be back soon with another brand new episode. And until then, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.